0: Houston Real Estate Radio is proud to be your voice for Houston Real Estate.
1: Call in your questions to our 24-hour answer line
0: at 281-882-8088 or use hashtag HRER on Twitter.
2: Houston Real Estate Radio with Shannon Register begins in 3, 2, 1.
3: Hey guys, welcome to Houston Real Estate Radio. Now, normally you would hear Shannon's voice right now. My name is Matt Register. I'm one of the producers here at Houston Real Estate Radio. And I just wanted to interrupt for just a moment and talk to you a little bit about today's show. Today's show is about fracking and mineral rights and contracts pertaining to mineral rights. And one of the guests we have on the show is Dr. Economides. And Dr. Economides was one of the most recognized names in the world when it came to fracking, and his expertise in engineering and policy creation has been sought after by governments and entities globally. And very sadly, he passed away last year. Coming up next is an interview that Shannon did with him last year that uh, has invaluable information for our listeners. Uh, You guys that have property, who want to purchase property, and even if you just want to understand what you hear about fracking, we wanted to take a moment and recognize him today and recognize him as an invaluable contributor to this show, to his industry, and to celebrate his achievements.
4: Thanks for tuning in today to Houston Real Estate Radio this Sunday afternoon to learn more about real estate news and information you can use on your next real estate transaction. I'm Shannon Register, and you can find more about our guests and the issues we bring you at HoustonRealEstateRadio.com. We also have a fan page over on Facebook, and you can listen to us using iTunes or the iHeartRadio app. So if you don't have time to listen to us right now while you're driving down the road, you can always schedule a time online. And uh, and watch our videos We're at, over at HoustonRealEstateRadio.com. If you've got a real estate question, we take your calls, 281-882-8088. We'll answer those on the air for you. Or you can tweet us your questions using hashtag H-R-E-R and we'll answer them on the air for you as well. That number again is 281-882-8088. All right, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Lots of exciting news. Um, One of the things that really has caught a lot of attention in the news is what's going on with fracking. So we wanted to bring on a special I mean, we are right here in in the heart of the energy epicenter of the world here um, and wanted to bring on someone to talk to us about that because I know a lot of well, not a lot, but some people in Houston um, own large amounts of land throughout Texas. And want to find out what's going on with fracking here in the Houston area. I brought on Dr. Michael um, Economides. He is from, he's a professor of chemical and uh, biomolecular engineering over at the University of Houston. That's a mouthful. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you Hi. So you are really you're internationally known for this. You know all there is to know about fracking, so I just want to pick your brain and really get some good information out there for our consumers um, to know what's going on uh, really around this um, controversial issue.
5: Well, you, really, you realize it's not that controversial. It's controversial because some people like to make it controversial. It's been around. For 64 years now, uh, this whole process, hydraulic fracturing is nothing that complicated, okay? I mean, uh, let me rephrase that. It is very complicated to do this, but on principle, is rather simple. What you do mm-hmm. is that you crack the rock by injecting high-pressure water, mostly. Mm-hmm. Then you crack the rock and you pump in there granular materials, we call them probants. They can be natural sands or it can be even artificial materials like ceramics that we manufacture. So we put them in there in a special way. So when the rock is open because of pressure, once it tries to close, it closes with those probants inside. So it leaves a path into the reservoir.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, its dimension is about maybe half an inch wide. It can be several hundred feet long. So There's a crack in the formation, one crack, mm-hmm. okay. And the fluid then from the reservoir will enter this crack perpendicular to the crack orientation, and then move along the crack into the well, along the fracture into the well. Without fracturing, natural gas cannot be produced. In other words, before we go any further, when people object, and talk about controversy, there is an unassailable truth. No frac, no gas. In other words, let's don't beat it around the bush, in other words.
4: Okay. So there's no other way to get it out?
5: No way. Okay.
4: So. Why, then, has it become so popular recently if it's been around for 60 years?
5: Because of a new type of a reservoir, of a new type of a resource that is arguably the biggest story in the American oil and gas business in the last 50 years, Um, and that is shale gas and shale oil. Now, shale is a special kind of a rock. Okay? Mm-hmm. We have different kinds of rocks. We have carbonate rocks, we have sandstones, and now we have shales, okay? What is a shale? A shale is a special kind of a rock where the organic matter and the rock itself are intermixed. They are mixed together. They used to be co- considered as useless and a nuisance suddenly became the source of the
4: biggest riches. So here in Texas, when someone owns a large uh, piece of property and it's got this shale, and, and you can do fracking on the land, tell us what kind of uh, what what you would expect as a homeowner if you're going to allow fracking on your land. What does it? What are the the consequences of it as far as the aesthetics of it?
5: Well, the aesthetics is minimal. Okay, I mean uh, the the residual aesthetics. Is nothing uh, the, the, the beam pump? You see,
4: right? The,
5: mm-hmm. Very fanciful designs all over Texas. They even put cowboy hats on them, you know. <laughs> Make them look good, right? That's cute.
4: So you have to have the pump, okay? Yeah.
5: gas is even smaller. hmm Gas doesn't have a pump, okay? It's just it's just a five foot, six foot, eight foot tall stack in the middle of nowhere, okay? Then the gas comes up from the reservoir up. And then it goes out again from the wellhead into some...
4: Don't you have to have the tanks, though, for it to go into? Well,
5: if you have oil, yes. If you have gas,
4: no. So you could have uh, 200 acres of land and only have... uh, People would only see uh, less than an acre um, of disruption in the land due to the... Far less. Far less. Okay, good. Okay. So uh, are there any issues with the animals living on that land or or anything else with um, (laughs) with the nature?
5: Yeah, animals, animals actually, you need to protect them from themselves <laughs> because you, you always have to fence your, um, your wellhead mm-hmm. because animals like to come and lick it Okay. because it's warm as it comes out. It's generally brine. And the cows love salt, you
4: know. Yeah, so put a fence around that area. Exactly. Fence it off. Okay. So no other issues, though. No other major issues with the landscape side of it. Okay. Um, let's talk briefly then about how, how do you protect your land as far as a, a landowner. If you're next to someone who's pumping oil or gas off the property, how do you know if they're getting into your oil and gas That is
5: subject of litigation.
4: That's the million-dollar question, right?
5: (laughs) I'm always fighting, okay, about this kind of stuff because you can always get an expert to come and make a fanciful study Mm -hmm. that says that 5% of the other guys comes from your property. (laughs) Uh, The the state of Texas, to prevent this uh, stranglehold on the courts, uh, they have what they call the right of capture. That is, if uh, a well or a property... It's outside somebody's, uh, uh, let's say, uh, lease or any agreement uh, with somebody else, then anything that you can produce uh, undergoes what they call the law of capture. You, you capture it yourself mm-hmm. just by proper operations down hold, and there you have it. Don't have to worry about it, in other words.
4: Okay. So you're protected again. You, you think that that's not a common issue going on. Well,
5: as long as you tell people that you are doing it um, and you do things legally. Mm-hmm. For example, um, if your, your well, the bottom hole of your well must be X number of feet from the other guy's boundary, the bottom hole. Okay. okay. So if you drill your well, if, you, if, if that still comes to you because it's faster flow rate, better flow characteristics or whatever. Mm. You get to keep that.
6: Okay.
4: All right. Well, let's go to a quick break and we'll be right back with more here on Houston Real Estate Radio.
3: I'm Dr. Lori, PhD antiques appraiser from Discovery Channels, Auction Kings, and you're listening to Houston Real Estate Radio.
4: Are you in the market for a new home? Let me tell you about Grandview Builders. They're a Houston-based home builder that currently builds homes in 15 neighborhoods in the Houston metro area. Grandview Builders offers affordable, custom homes with appealing exterior architectural style and interior beauty your family's going to love. They have beautifully designed Electrolux premium appliances. Great homes with quality appliances not only designed for your home but for your lifestyle. Grandview Builders can turn your dream home into reality. Visit Grandview Builders online at www.gvbtx.com
0: People often find themselves in need of storage and moving, but don't want the hassle and stress. Sound familiar? Well, at Zippy Shell, we make storage and moving easy. Zippy Shell will deliver a storage container to your home or business. You load it at your leisure, and we'll take it to one of our safe, convenient storage facilities. Or, ship it to your final destination. We treat your stuff like it's our stuff, because we understand you're not just giving us your belongings, you're giving us your trust. Zippy Shell storage and moving that makes life simple.
2: Call 713-747-0505 to order your Zippy Shell today. 713-747-0505. Don't let not having a written investment plan stop you from investing in real estate. I know you might think I sound crazy, but I met with the CEO of Main Street Capital Partners, Ron Hoppy. He showed me how the right investment plan, or what he calls an investor success blueprint, can help you generate predictable monthly cash flow without a plunger in your hand. Yes, you heard me right, real estate investing without a plunger in your hand. Whether you're a landlord or a real estate investor, it doesn't matter. Get your ISB or investor success blueprint by attending the Blue Note Mogul Bootcamp right here in our backyard. That's right, right here in Houston, Texas. Go to notemogul.com for all the details. That's N-O-T-E-M-O-G-U-L.com for all the details. Did I mention that 100% of the bootcamp tuition can be used as a credit towards the purchase of a note? Go to notemogul.com for all the details
0: see this broadcast in beautiful HD video
1: at HoustonRealEstateRadio.com Houston Real Estate Radio
0: 20 pounds of information
1: in a 10 pound
6: bag
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Houston Real Estate Radio this Sunday afternoon.
4: I'm Shanna Register, and we are uh, joined on the line here with Dr. Michael Economides. He is from the University of Houston. He's a professor there, uh, professor of chemical and biomecular engineering. So we were talking last segment about some of the the things that we hear in the news about fracking and uh, and what it really is, and um, we talked about some of the surface of fracking. Let's talk now about something that I know is going to be near and dear to your heart as listeners. Which is how do you find a piece of land that's going to be fruitful and produce oil and gas? Because when you're buying, you know, when you're out buying in the hill country, you want some, some oil. You want to buy some land that's going to give you some, some added value there. So tell us, um, what are some tips to go by when you're looking for land to purchase and you want it to be able to um, be fruitful with you for you uh, in, in uh, being able to produce some oil and gas for you?
5: Well, I mean, look in. Texas. There could be 1,000 geologists that you can engage to give you an analysis of your own would-be property.
6: Right. Um,
5: I mean, you can do something as simple as Google. If you go to Google and you type things like drilling activity in Texas, Mm -hmm. you're going to get some beautiful maps that uh, a couple of companies put together, and they are free. Uh, Show you red dots wells that are in gas fields, green dots, wells that are in oil fields, okay. Mm-hmm.
4: And I've got some clients that are going to want to call you and, and see those maps.
5: <laughs> they are available. Also, it's kind of interesting, if you look at the map of, 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 of uh, uh, Eagle Ford Shale,
6: uh-huh.
5: which is one of the uh, biggest formations about just 100 miles away from from Houston, you realize mm-hmm it goes all the way and stops at the Rio Grande. It's kind of amusing among us experts uh, to laugh about this because it looks like the deformation, which is getting bigger and bigger, stops at the Rio Grande. I mean, the the, the non-funny thing is that Mexico is so far behind this technology that they haven't even begun to drill one well in that area. They have drilled a couple of wells. Whereas in our case, this site is in full development mode, uh, producing perhaps a million barrels a day of oil. Mm
6: -hmm.
4: And is there a certain amount of land you need to have to be able to put an an oil well on it?
5: Uh, Not really. Um, um, Like... uh, you know, 40-acre spacing mm-hmm. is the smallest spacing you can have, okay? okay? If you are a regular farmer in Texas, you probably have a square mile, a section, mm-hmm. okay? So that's definitely available.
4: Right. So about 40 acres.
5: Correct.
4: Okay. Now, can what, what do you say to people who get these letters in the mail from the, the companies that, you know, want to come out and, and start drilling on their land? What I mean, I, I would imagine there's some scams that go along with that, and I would imagine there's some people who do it and do well, and then there's other people who do it and wish they hadn't done it. How does a normal consumer who, who you know, starts being approached, how do they handle that? What's the best way to handle that? How do you know if, if people are telling you the truth, and um, how do you avoid scams?
5: Well, I mean, believe but verify, okay? I mean, you, you got to get your own... Uh uh, advisor, okay. Mm-hmm. You have there are a lot of people that can help you out. They have a geologist, you get yourself a geologist for a short period of time. There's a whole bunch of geologists in the state of Texas who do that all the time, okay. So, Just
4: rent you out a geologist who can help you out.
5: It's make- like going to a doctor, okay. I mean, was, <laughs> yeah. The doctor still has to have an operation. He's, okay, let me go and ask. A special permission okay mm-hmm. and they, they send you back and eventually after back and forth you end up with something okay mm-hmm. that's how it works
4: mm-hmm. um I- any issues with polluting do you think it pollutes the land at all
5: i don't think so but of course environmentalists have been saying things like this right for a while right now but to me look there is no energy project on the sierra club can never like okay so i mean it's, it's we need to move on
6: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: would you um advise people when they're purchasing land to really um look over and um really protect their mineral rights i mean i know as a realtor that's something that's important to us not when you're selling houses here in houston but when you're looking at you know acreage um sure. is that something that you stress to people when they're you know in that situation?
5: Well, I mean, if, if you buy land, you buy the mineral rights as definition, okay? I mean, you don't... But a lot of land,
4: a lot of land that you buy, though, the people who own it previously do not want to give you the land rights. They don't want to sell you the land. They don't want to sell you the mineral rights.
5: I mean, certainly you can make a decision to buy that land or some other land.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's important that you get a, a, as much of the mineral rights as you can, no you doubt. know, when you purchase.
5: especially Now, of course, if it's already verified that it's there, and they went through this process the last 20-some years, and they produce, and now here is the, uh, what they call the back end, um, that is something we can look into again, you know, but in general, in general, the mineral rights are well understood in any purchasing agreement, and whatever is left is from what I call the back end, some previous deal before your transaction.
4: How, When you start a project like that, when when you start pumping uh, for gas, how long does it take to actually get gas? I mean, how long are you pumping water and, and other junk before you actually start making any money at it? Or is it just does it just depend on the land?
5: Um, that's a good question but let me uh, let me tell you how to rephrase the question a bit you have to make a decision
4: I guess I'm thinking more about companies that come in they do it all for you they're just renting your land you know paying you rent and then when they pull when they do finally start pulling something then you make money off of it as opposed to going in and doing your own project
5: after you find something and you, you, you have you, you can decide yes or no mm-hmm uh, you make an economic calculation and say it makes sense to go ahead and complete and frack this well mm-hmm. and then tie it up to production, okay? That process takes, it can take as little as a month. It all depends on uh, how the equipment looks like in a particular area, how much activity is going on, and so on and so on. If the price of natural gas goes up, you may have to wait months. Before the service companies line, you have to do your frack job, for instance. Okay. Okay. Now, once you do that, depending where you are, uh, where you have the infrastructure, uh, you can actually pump in the infrastructure and use it to move your oil. Okay.
4: Okay. So, uh, on a normal, average kind of landowner, what kind of money can you get off of it in? Well, let's see, with, with 40 acres, with one well, how much could you get off of it in a year? What's the average? I mean, everybody hears about people who make millions and millions of dollars, but the average just person who owns land out there, what, are, what kind of money are they making? Any way to guesstimate Let it? Let
5: me give you a modest okay. amount. Okay. I would say $15,000 per month. Okay. That would be your share... As the minimum production, and this is after you pay everybody. Okay. Okay. 15,000 per month.
4: Right. And if you don't own the mineral rights, you own like a a fourth of the mineral rights. Of course, that's cut down. Okay.
5: The mineral rights is extra. If you own them, you make extra money. Okay. Owning it, you get 20% off the top if you own the mineral rights.
6: Okay,
4: so that 20% may be distributed for different, to different people due to their
5: um, ownership. Well, whoever owns the mineral rights owns those. What about
4: um, dead wells that you see? Like when I'm out showing properties, you know, I'll see old dead wells that aren't being used anymore. Any way to revitalize those? Or oh,
5: absolutely. It... This is a big business, by the way. You okay. see, when those wells were online, the technology was not here yet. So, in fact, it's a business on its own. I have a couple of students, young guys, by the way, who went out there, and you can get all these records from the State Railroad Commission of Texas, the Railroad Commission in Austin. Mm-hmm. They get all their records. These guys went and took the records. They found what we call E-logs, electrical logs, Identify some sweet spots, went in there, reopened the well, ran something called a whipstock, it's an instrument to deviate the r- drilling pipe and then drill horizontal wells, which when they were done, finished, one of the wells was producing a thousand barrels of oil per day. You have 22-year-old kids, by the way. Wow. A thousand dollars. That's a
4: great success story. A thousand
5: barrels a day. That's $100,000 per day of income.
4: Wow, that's fantastic. That's exciting. That's Wow, that's motivating. (laughs) Makes you want to go out on my land, right? Very exciting. (laughs) That's exciting. All right, well, we appreciate the update. Some great information, because I know there are a lot of people out there. I mean, this is Texas. Everybody wants to own land in Texas, so it's a great thing to hear about. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We appreciate it. And we'll be right back with more here on Houston Real Estate Radio.
6: This is Madison Hildebrand, and you're listening to Houston Real Estate Radio.
7: Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Listen, Nick is here with me, and he's very, very sorry. Uh
6: who is this?
7: I'm Nick, State Farm agent. State Farm is famous for having great claim service. Uh-huh. When Nick got in his little fender bender last month, State Farm patched things up for him right away. I think he's hoping we can patch
0: things up with
2: you, too.
6: This is crazy.
0: Go with the company with a 97% satisfaction rating on claims. Get to a better state. State Farm.
2: Call your local Houston State Farm agent, Tim O'Neill, at 281-358-4444. That's Tim O'Neill at 281-358-4444. Hey, Realtors, how would you like a chance to win an extra $500 each month? Well, Real Estate & magazine, the number one real estate publication in Houston and the surrounding areas, is offering you a chance to do just that. Just get a copy of Real Estate & magazine for details. Or go to www.reandy.com for a free subscription and contest details. Real Estate & You is full of fantastic offers each month from all the top builders and developers. So do it now at www.reandy.com
0: see this broadcast in beautiful hd video
1: at houstonrealestateradio.com houston real estate radio
0: 20 pounds of information
1: in a 10 pound bag
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Houston
4: Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Shanna Register, and every week we bring you news and information you can use on your next real estate transaction. If you thought about buying land, or maybe you already own land, this is going to be an ideal segment for you to hear because we're talking about mineral rights, uh, and there are a lot of issues that go along with it. We're not going to be able to squeeze it all into 10 minutes, but we're at least going to give you some general information about it and, uh, and a direction to go if, if you're if you're caught in a situation where mineral rights are involved. If you miss any of today's show, you can catch us online at HoustonRealEstateRadio.com. And as always, you can find us over on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Houston Real Estate Radio. All right, well, we are gonna get started with Judon Fambro. He's a senior lecturer and attorney at law with the Texas Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University over there in College Station. And so he is calling in today since he's uh, out of town, not in the Houston area. He's calling in, so we appreciate you. How you doing, Judon? Yeah.
1: I'm doing great. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much for calling in. I know you've been working on mineral um, rights for people for so long. Um, you've taught legal classes and written so many articles and really have an in-depth knowledge about this. And so we really wanted to talk with you about it and just really give the consumers at home an overview because sometimes they don't know what they're getting into if they've never owned land in Texas and they want to go out and buy, you know, 15, 20 acres to go hunt on and have, have some, uh, some weekend fun. You know, they don't even know the right questions to ask about the property um, and mineral rights and then of course you have a lot of landowners that own a lot of of land out in west texas and um, certainly out in the hill country so i want to talk a little bit about these mineral rights and what they mean to consumers who are purchasing property because the mineral rights obviously don't always go along with the land purchase and so if you're not going to get those um, mineral rights with your land purchase you at least want to know the ramifications of that right
1: Oh, that's definitely true. Definitely mm-hmm. true. And in fact, what's interesting, I'm writing an article on title insurance. And titles, if you buy title insurance, they will mostly, for the most part, will accept the minerals. They say we'll tell you who owns the surface, but we're not going to tell you who owns the minerals that's when you get right. title insurance. It's only for the surface.
4: That's right. They don't even research it anymore. And that amazes me that they don't even research to see who owns the minerals anymore. You have to hire your own landman to go out there and research it if you want to know who owns them. Um, And that costs a lot of money.
1: It does. It does. Uh, I have... I've done title opinions for oil companies, and it, it's hard work. It, it's difficult, especially in some counties or are worse than others when trying to run the title back to the sovereign. It, it is difficult.
4: So let's, let's kind of start from an overview, and then we can get more detailed. So if a consumer is purchasing property in Texas, and they are not going to get the mineral rights, the seller is going to reserve the mineral rights, and the seller um, has a lease on those mineral rights, whether any pumping's being done or not, whether anything's ever been done or not, if they own a lease, then that purchaser, that buyer, what do, what do they need to know? What are those questions they need to ask that seller? Should they ask to review the lease? What do they need to know?
1: Yes, I, I think they, they need to review the lease, not from the aspect of knowing who owns the minerals, but mm-hmm. the, just from the aspect to see if there's any surface protection provisions in that lease that would guarantee them that they would leave clean up, uh, you know, and uh, maybe leave them a, a water well or something like that. So, there, if there are any surface protection provisions that were negotiated in that lease, you would know what to anticipate in lieu of those provisions. If there's no surface protection provisions in there, uh, you may want to take a second look, because in Texas, an oil and gas company, whenever any, I don't care whether the mineral owner owns the surface or not, whenever they sign the lease, they have the absolute right to use as much of that surface as reasonably necessary without asking permission, without paying damages, and without cleaning up. So. That's a, that's a big bear, a burden put on a surface owner in Texas that owns no minerals. So if you're not getting the minerals, you better see if there's some type of protection you can right. get in the lease. And that will only last for the duration of this lease. When this right. lease expires, you don't know what's going to happen to the next one. So if it's that's a- what you may want to talk to that person if they own the minerals about something. Mm-hmm you'll get some surface protection provisions in the next lease they negotiate.
4: So if you uh, currently have a three- to five-year lease and you sell the property, when that lease is up for renewal, um, you would, you as the buyer would w- just want to ask and make sure that they're going to renew the same lease, right?
1: Well, depending if it had surface protection provisions in it. And again, when you say renew, uh, that oil company, the next oil company may not be the same one you have now.
4: Right, so, so they maybe may a negotiate. Different oil company and
1: mm-hmm. they may not be able to negotiate surface protection provisions right there is a way in Texas that if the seller does own some of the minerals mm-hmm. then you can get some surface protection provisions by saying you know will you give me all rights of ingress and egress for future oil and gas production
6: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that that is a way to gain some protection but it would only occur after this pr- this present lease expires not not during this lease.
4: Um, On the new real estate contracts that that I say new, I guess it was in January of last year that they changed, um, it provides for um, the minerals to automatically pass to the buyer. And if you're not going to do that, then you kind of have to do your own, have an attorney draw out the reservations. Is that right? Well,
1: in Texas, if you don't reserve the minerals, they... Autumn, they automatically go to the buyer. Right, which is so how our it, contract is, is written,
4: where they automatically go. Yeah.
1: So in the addendum that, they, that Trek has come up with, it, it basically says you are if you own them, you're reserving them, all are part of them, or you're going to convey them. So there is a choice you make on that form. But for the most part, uh, I always tell everybody, the only way you can get minerals is to marry them or inherit them. It's hard to purchase them. So anybody right. that has a mineral rights, you, you hang on to them pretty tightly.
4: Yeah. So for people who... But,
1: but in that form, you, you either choose, you're either reserving them or you're conveying them in that form. There is no... There Again, if you don't reserve them, they automatically go uh, with to the, to the buyer. That's just the rule of Texas.
4: And so you reserve them if you the seller just reserve them. Is that enough to do that on that addendum or do you need to do something in addition well, put to that? In, to
1: well the it? addendum is put in the contract, so you need to really put it two places. You're gonna put it you're gonna reserve them both in the contract and make really sure that it's it's placed on the deed that they reserve what what the people do when they go to the courthouse, they read the deeds, they don't read the contract. So right. if the seller is reserving the minerals, he better show that to the buyer in the contract. And they better show it to the world on the deed they give the buyer that they are reserving the minerals. Because so if there is no mineral reservation, uh, they go to the to the buyer. And yeah. I've written an article that they people can get where the contract says I'm reserving the minerals. I'm talking about the seller, mm-hmm. and then whoever drafts the the deed forgets to put the reservation in there. So mm-hmm. you have a dichotomy of what the contract says versus what the deed says. Right. And. And there's been a lot of litigation on that. Basically, you have to get the deed reformed to reflect the contract. In that situation, which takes litigation. So make sure that if you are reserving the deed, I don't want to say that the contract, but it also says it in the deed.
4: Right. Okay. All right. And for people who are purchasing property and they are going to receive some mineral rights, they're normally not going to receive 100%. I mean, the 100% is usually broken up between a lot of different generations of different owners. But if they get a sliver of the mineral rights that are passed forward, um, is that really enough to have any rights to the... I mean, I know they could have potential income off of it, but as far as protecting surface rights, is that enough to be able to protect your surface rights?
1: You know that's a that's a good question, and uh, as far as I know, is if you have what we call the the minerals are made up of five rights: the executive right, the right to sign a lease, the right to enter and produce the minerals, to so enter, explore, and produce the minerals, and there's the right to receive the lay rentals, the right to receive royalties, and the right to receive bonus. Those are five rights. So if you own any sliver of the executive rights, in other words, you can you can. Shatter those in any direction you want to. You can make an infinite combination of how you make those five rights. If you own 100% of the minerals, you own 100% of the five rights. Mm -hmm. If you own a sliver, you're just a co-tenant. As long as you own a sliver, uh, some sliver, and the bigger, the the more you own, the better, Mm -hmm. of the executive rights, that's when you get your protection in the oil and gas lease. because you, with the executive rights, they'll ask you to sign the lease. And before you sign the lease, you try to negotiate as much as you can your service protection provisions. So owning the minerals, the main thing is to own any portion of the executive rights.
4: Okay. All right. Great information. Last question for you is on water. Can can you put provisions in your lease to protect the water on the property?
1: Uh, No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Now, I'll ask you a question, Shannon. If the minerals in the surface have been severed, Mm-hmm. You own the minerals, and I own the surface. Which of us owns the groundwater?
4: I'd say it has to be in the least how much you can use.
1: <laughs> no, uh, water you just own it is the surface. A surface. That's the all of the water. Gra- I'm talking about groundwater, not mm-hmm. surface water. But the groundwater right. belongs to the surface owner. Okay. When we split the minerals on the surface. The groundwater goes with the surface ownership. Okay. And that gives that oil company the right to use as much of the groundwater as long with the physical surface as they reasonably need without permission and paying for it. So if a mineral owner owns no surface, <clears throat> they can't protect the groundwater because they don't own any. Now, obviously, if you own the surface and the minerals, then you better protect your groundwater along with your surface uh, because they can use as much of the groundwater, and that comes into the fracking. Right. they use about... 10 to 40 acre feet per tractory with me but which is a lot of water so, so on, you better protect your water if you own it so on that
4: lease can't you protect how much water they are able to use
1: only if you own the water and that's only if you own the surface okay because the groundwater is owned by the surface owner okay now can you do it now, that's a good question can you protect something you don't own in the lease uh I've always said, if you're a surface owner that owns no minerals, go to the mineral owner and give him the power of attorney to go in there and. <laughs> and so that's when he the way to do it. Lease that he has a right to put a provision in his lease to protect your groundwater.
4: If you're on a on a salt shale area, because uh, there are some of those in Texas, and the water is um, has that salt to it, is that still able? Are they still able to use that for fracking? Is that considered like a brackish water or?
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's a, probably a technical question, but I can tell you in the past, if you use anything that's not fresh water, because of the chemicals they put into the frack fluid, uh, it, it reacts with the salt. So they like fresh water. Now, they mm-hmm. are making strides in using brackish water to frack with, but it's well, not just the fresh, water they're but fracking it's got with, it's the chemicals.
4: Salt. Yeah, there's just a lot of salt shells over there, so... It is,
1: And, uh, And it probably would be marginal for use for fracking.
4: Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be right back here on Houston Real Estate Radio.
2: Hello, Houston Real Estate Radio listeners. This is Michael Schulte, producer for Houston Real Estate Radio. And I have a question for you. What does ISB stand for and why do you need one? Before I tell you the answer, did you know that the number one mistake we see real estate investors make is not having a written investment plan? Investing is like taking a cross-country car trip. If you don't map out your route, you're likely to get lost. The first step on your investing journey should be to settle on a written investment plan, what Ron Hoppe, the CEO of Main Street Capital Partners, calls an Investor Success Blueprint or ISB. There are so many crazy ways to invest in real estate, and it makes sense to have a written investment plan to ensure you avoid costly mistakes. Get your ISB or investor success blueprint by attending the Note Mogul Bootcamp right here in our backyard. That's right, here in Houston, Texas. Go to notemogul.com for details. That's N-O-T-E mogul.com for details. Did I mention 100% of bootcamp tuition can be used as a credit towards the purchase of a note? Go to notemogul.com for all the details. Hello, I'm Angelo Christian, a local Houstonian and branch manager with CHI Mortgage, Texas' best local lender. At CHI Mortgage, we provide a variety of services with a diverse menu of loan programs. CHI Mortgage helps you find the lowest interest rate and excellent service. We specialize in USDA zero-down, 100% financing home loan programs, FHA home loans, first-time buyer programs, military veteran loans, rehabilitation loans, and cash-out home equity. Call our Houston office at 281-312-4888 or go online to chihomeloans.com to learn about our programs. CHI Mortgage, Texas Best Local Lender. CHI Mortgage, NMLS, 797 Don't let not having a written investment plan stop you from investing in real estate. I know you might think I sound crazy, but I met with the CEO of Main Street Capital Partners, Ron Hoppe. He showed me how the right investment plan or what he calls an investor success blueprint can help you generate predictable monthly cash flow without a plunger in your hand. Yes, you heard me right. Real estate investing without a plunger in your hand. Whether you're a landlord or a real estate investor, it doesn't matter. Get your ISB or investor success blueprint by attending the Blue Note Mogul Bootcamp right here in our backyard. That's right, right here in Houston, Texas. Go to notemogul.com for all the details. That's N-O-T-E-M-O-G-U-L.com for all the details. Did I mention that 100% of the bootcamp tuition can be used as a credit towards the purchase of a note? Go to notemogul.com for all the details. Attention Realtors and Real Estate Professionals. I'm
4: Shannon Register and I'm asking for your vote for the Houston Association of Realtors Board of Directors. Voting starts in July and ends August 3rd. Visit ShannonRegister.com to see the issues.
2: Elected leader with her finger on the pulse of consumers, agents, and the economy while keeping a watchful eye on legislation, regulations, and business operating environment changes.
4: I'm counting on your help to get elected.
2: Every vote counts.
4: If you're a realtor, you have an interest in making sure the best prepared people are voted onto your association board. Voting is July through August 3rd. Visit shannonregister.com to learn more. I'm asking for your vote for the Houston
0: Association of Realtors Board of Directors. If you missed any portion of this broadcast, links to the guests as well as HD video of the segments can be found at houstonrealestateradio.com.
3: You're
1: listening to Houston Real Estate Radio.
4: Welcome back. You're listening to Houston Real Estate Radio. I'm your host, Shanna Register, and every week we bring you news and information you can use on your next real estate transaction. And today is all about uh, buying large Large property, normally not usually not your your neighborhood tracks, but large properties that come with oil and gas leases, and um, whether you even want those oil and gas leases. We've talked about a lot of different things today. Last segment we were talking with Judon Fambro from uh, the Real Estate Research Center over at Texas A&M University, and we gave you a real broad overview of mineral rights in Texas. And so this segment, I want to get a little bit more focused and talk about the contractual aspects of it. Um, and and after we do, you're really going to realize that you need an attorney to help you with that. So I've brought an attorney, uh, Daniel um, Shank. He is from the Coates Rose uh, Law Firm. He is a, d- a director at Coates Rose, and he's been a trial lawyer representing oil and gas companies, so he's got a lot of experience with this. So we're going to pick his brain for a few minutes, and uh, and then, you know, if you need help with an oil and gas lease, you may want to give him a call because he's got some great information for you. As always, um, when you're listening to the show, you can stream it on iHeartRadio, and you can find us online and watch all the videos of today's show if you miss any of it at HoustonRealEstateRadio.com. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, Daniel Shanks, come into the studio. He's from the Houston office of Coates Rose. We appreciate you coming in.
7: Well, thanks for having me.
4: So let's get started uh, really diving into contracts because last segment, we got a great overview. And so I want to talk more about the, um, about the contracts. And I think that when people buy um, ranches, and, and it doesn't even have to be a ranch. You know, it could just be, you know, five to eight, ten acres. Um, sometimes there are, um, you're using a contract where if you do have mineral rights, you have to know whether they're conveying or not. So let's talk a little bit about the contract. Is our contract that we use in real estate, that's the promulgated forms, are they set up to automatically transfer um, any oil and gas rights over to the buyer? Or do you need to write that and if there is anything being transferred?
6: Well,
7: the way the forms are set up is you're conveying fee title, then the minerals are included, if it's 100% fee title. Mm-hmm. And then there's a TREC form that's an addendum where what you would do, that's a Texas Real Estate Commission form, where you would reserve out, or the seller would reserve all or a portion of the minerals out.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, also, you can certainly have a lawyer draft one, and I would recommend not blindly using forms, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, or you should have a lawyer look at them and make sure they're done properly. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, <clears throat> it, it, if it says fee title and if, if it depending upon the warranty that's provided in connection with the deed,
6: mm-hmm.
7: whether or not the warranty 100% of title or if they're a reservation, it, normally they would put a reservation exception of the minerals if they're not being conveyed in the deed. But the, the contract would call for them to if it says fee title, it's conveying fee title. If they're going to reserve it out, there's an addendum that they would add to reserve out the minerals.
4: So as in a real estate transaction, you need to make sure that the contract's right, and then you also need to make sure that the deed is prepared correctly.
7: Well, yes. But it, sure but, but, it, but the way that works is ordinarily, I mean, you'll have a title company. title company will hire, a, and if you have a financing entity, either the title company or your lender will hire a law firm to... Look at the title commitment. Look at the earnest money contract, and prepare the appropriate instruments to close. Mm -hmm. Be that as it may, you're better off making sure you have your own lawyer look them over too, because those people don't necessarily work for you.
4: Right. Yeah. Title companies kind of intermediary. Well, no,
7: exactly. That's (laughs) what they are. That's what they are. They're they're, they're just they're just an agent to close the deal. Yeah. And then if there's a lender involved, and the lender hires Mm -hmm. that person that that lawyer, they're asking that lawyer to do the work to protect the bank, not necessarily protect you, even though you get the benefit of paying for their legal fees as part of your loan commitment.
4: If you uh, do hold back your, uh, your mental rights per the contract, and it doesn't get written into the deed, can you go back and fight that later?
7: Well, what I would perceive as a problem is that the contract merges into the deed,
4: Mm
6: -hmm.
7: And so it it might be barred at the same time, though, if it's a Scrivener's error or mutual mistake, you can seek to reform the deed or. You know, you could bring a claim for a specific performance, but I would be surprised that uh, somebody would draft a deed that didn't comply with the earnest money with contract. The contract. All
4: right, if um, let's see, I know we there's just so much talk about it. it's so complicated the whole the whole thing. But do you when you see litigation um, with these oil and gas companies and, and consumers who own um, or not really the consumers, but the landowners, um, what's the major what what major things are you seeing? What what are what are some of the repetitive topics that you see coming up? That that are the main issues that you've had to deal with because you have years of experience in this? What are the main issues that you see?
7: Well, I mean, you'll see title disputes who owns what? Okay, you'll see uh, surface damage claims mm-hmm. where they say that there wasn't a reasonable use or there's an un- unreasonable and unnecessary use of the surface state. Really, a lot of what you see is um, latent environmental claims dealing with historical produ- uh, operations that were done back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, when <clears throat> you could have an unlined earthen pit or, or, or stuff like that, that where there might be hydrocarbons that remained in the ground that were not, that were, say, an unlined pit where they're using for disposal purposes or the like when they're drilling the well. And then, uh, I mean, all over East Texas, they just covered them up.
6: Yeah. Oh, wow.
7: And so, so you see a lot of environmental issues.
4: Okay, and that causes problems with building structures later?
7: Well, not building structures. It's just that, that let's say that you determine that you want to make some use of your property. and You go out there and you get a soil study done or have an environmental uh, assessment done, and they determine that historically there was a well in this location, and you start poking around, and Mm -hmm. you'll find out that there were three unlined earthen pits, you know, 50 yards to the south of the well pad.
4: So if the owner of a property is going to sell their property and they own some mineral rights and they've agreed to transfer those mineral rights to the new buyer and they have a lease on those mineral rights, does the lease automatically convey as yeah, well?
7: Yeah, it's subject to the lease. And so uh, they don't have to, I mean, you could assign the lease, but but since they are conveying the mineral rights, that in and of itself is an assignment of the lessor's position.
4: Okay. So it's going to transfer to them, okay. And when the the property is for sale, you could still sign a lease, get the bonus, and then transfer, it, right? Well, yeah, as long I as mean, you still own it.
7: Yes, but but you know. I would
4: imagine there are some people who do that right before they sell.
7: Well, yeah, when when things were hot with the uh, with uh, the the shell shell plays, I mean, you might see that happen. But um, um, you know, the bonus the bonus for the initial term. You know, sure, okay. That's cash in your pocket right now, but then ultimately, when it's developed, if you've sold the minerals, then that estate, that that lease, goes to the benefit of the current owner, mm-hmm. and so they'll get the royalty interest moving forward.
4: They just wouldn't get the bonus.
7: Yes, but yeah. the, but I would think that that parties who who are sophisticated enough to enter into a couple hundred thousand, a multi-million dollar. Transaction would probably pick up on that.
4: <laughs> All right. So let's talk about water rights. Um, there are, is a lot of water being used right now for fracking purposes. Is there any way for the landowner, um, if they're doing a lease on their property, is there any way for them to protect that water?
7: Well, well water is not part of the mineral state. Okay, produced water, which comes from an entirely different horizon. Mm-hmm. I mean, these wells are being drilled eight to 10,000 feet deep. You know, that that's... That's not potable water. That's not anything you would want to, you know, give to your cow or drink.
4: Right. <laughs> they, <laughs> but it is affecting some uh, of the water in the area.
7: Well, so. Also, you have to remember is that the groundwater is usable. Now, they, they can capture groundwater, but you're not going to find that, that happening that often. The water is going to come from someplace else. The more interesting question is what they do with the water after it comes out. Okay. And All right there's currently a big issue right now about using an old well to for disposal purposes and injecting water into the ground and to whether or not that is a proper use as well.
4: Do you think they should be able to do that?
7: Um, the Supreme Court's going to rule on it. Uh, it's It's been before them once and was uh, reversed on certain grounds and the Texas Supreme Court's going to decide whether or not that's included in the rule of capture. Um, I don't think in from personal viewpoint I don't think injecting water is part of the rule of capture
4: <laughs> all right well we appreciate your information great talking with you because you I need to have a world of knowledge and I guess the biggest piece of advice to give people is to get their own attorney absolutely All right. We appreciate it. From Coates Rose Law Firm in Houston, we appreciate you coming on and all the great information that you brought brought to us today. And if you have a real estate question, you can call us at 281-882-8088. And if you missed any of today's show, you can catch us online at Houston Real Estate Radio. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next Sunday between 11
6: and noon.